This podcast is brought to you by the Institute for Excellence in Writing. IEW provides teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training students to become better listeners, speakers, readers, writers, and thinkers. To learn more about IEW and their 100% lifetime money-back guarantee, visit IEW.com start. Again, that's IEW.com start. Hello and welcome to The Mason Jar here on the Cersei Institute Podcast Network. I am David Kern and this being The Mason Jar, I am joined by Cindy Rollins, the star of The Mason Jar. Cindy, how's it going? It's going well. We are back with another uh, topic to discuss here, another topic related to Charlotte Mason, morning time, classical education, parenting. You know, it's going to fit into one of those categories, probably all of them. And we got a question about grammar in morning time. Did you enjoy teaching grammar? Um, not at first. Eventually, I, I grew into it. It huh, took me. Okay. It took me a long time. I started. Uh, it. It was a process. What did you not like about it at first? Well, I didn't know it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I totally missed out on, on grammar um, when I was growing up. I, I can remember a little grammar in third grade, and then um, in ninth grade we had a eight week grammar. Um, course that took us out of our wonderful literature course where I just adored my literature teacher and they they pulled us out for grammar and I have no idea what they taught us but none of of it stuck (laughs) so I got to where I started blogging and I was still spelling a lot as one word and um but thankfully I had um a lot of the people who read my blog were um snooty grammar people and they would always (laughs) Very kindly let you know. Yeah, they would write me notes. And um, I decided from the very beginning, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to learn. I'm not going to get frustrated with these people. And um, nowadays you can just use Grammarly or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it does help. It does help. And then in the meantime, I (laughs) I started to, to listen to what the people that were correcting me, you know, some of them were my good friends and, and I would, what they were doing, I would do. And eventually I, I got to where I started to have a little bit of grasp of grammar. And, and then I started to really enjoy it and like it. Did, um, so you were pretty, pretty well into your homeschooling adventures when you started to really feel good about teaching grammar? Yes, because up until that time, I was handing my kids grammar workbooks. And they yeah. were basically getting out of those what I was what I had gotten out of those in school, nothing. Mm. And it just was checking a box, a grammar box. We did grammar. You've filled out this workbook. Mm-hmm. Um, you've gone yeah. through the whole year of this workbook. And now you know um, everything there is about grammar. And then you're going to learn it all again next year um, because you're obviously not going to remember what you didn't. And it, it just, I started, as I was you know, thinking about Charlotte Mason, it just started to seem absurd that they were spending all this time on things that they were not remembering. And since I was trying to teach myself grammar, I just started, I just backed up and said, okay, we're going to do, I'm going to learn grammar in morning time. And while I'm learning it, you'll be learning it. We'll all be learning it together. Hmm. And that went much better. Um, that, that started to make more sense. Um, well, you know, one of the things that, so that we have this question um, would you talk more about how you did grammar in morning time? But the questioner goes on to say that you've mentioned it in passing, 
but she'd love more details. And she mentions that her kids are two through nine and that they don't do a lot of grammar. And she mentions that she has a college education and can speak and write well, but couldn't tell you really, you know, like what's a predicate. Um, and she says she feels at a loss as to how to begin. She doesn't want to buy a major program to be thrown in the mix, which you, um, which you, you mentioned that that's what you were doing early on, just kind of throwing a, yeah, like a curriculum at them. So she says she doesn't really feel like she should do that um, because she feels like they're doing well just to keep their heads above water some days, which I think almost everybody who listens to this can probably um, empathize with. So she says, not only do I not know how to do grammar, I'm not completely sure why formal grammar is important or where to start if it is important. So let's talk, let's touch on those two things. Let's look at that. Okay. That first part there. Uh, can you give sort of a defense for teaching formal grammar in, in the homeschool? And let's say, let's say you have to do that in like three bullet points. Like what are the three bullet point oh, reasons gosh. why you're going to give? You don't know me very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, Number one, I think that grammar is something lovable. But mm. if you don't love it, then you, you've got to find out why. So there's that. I think that it is, um, it, it truly is the mark of an educated person to know, at least to use grammar well. You don't always have to know everything about it, but to, to, to use English well is, is, is the mark of an educated person. The fact that we have many, 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 many college educated people who don't know grammar at all, nor, nor understand it, nor even think know why we would want to know it, it is not a sign of their, their failure, but it is a sign of the failure of the system really. Hmm. And then I don't know. I'll, well, that's my okay, so, <laughs> so, okay. So, um, when you said I didn't know you, you meant you didn't have enough to say about grammar to get to three. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're no. trying to you're trying to distill it down. I was just my bullet points aren't very bulletish. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so you said something about educated people don't know how like to use to use grammar properly. Can you be educated and? Um, be able to sort of, or can, can you be good at grammar without being able to name all the parts of grammar? I think so. I definitely think that there's a osmosis that comes from reading good literature um, that you, most of the grammar we pick up is going to be um, um, not, we're not going to be quite aware. It's kind of fun to then go and find out, oh, that's why that makes sense um, this way. And there are grammarians that, of course, people who are really geeky grammarians um, are sometimes not um, like like fluid writers. Um, they get so caught up in, uh, you know, never ending a sentence with a preposition and these sorts of things that, that they can't write in a way that's understandable. So there is a balance. Yeah, yeah, it's not, um, it's not, it doesn't feel natural. It feels like they're just yes, following rules. Yeah. Yes, like they're technically correct, but they're in, in, un, you're not able to read them. It kind of loses a voice. Yes, they don't yeah. have a voice because they're yeah. so worried. And that is why there is a difference between, I think, a writer and an editor. An editor has one set of skills and a writer has another set of skills. Um, I have studied grammar extensively over the last, like, say, 10 or 15 years, but I'm still a grammar baby, I would say. I definitely need an editor, um, especially when it comes to punctuation, because 
I like to punctuate um, by, by feel. feel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. by feel. Yeah. Um, and, and editors, I, I really have learned to appreciate editors. <laughs> but I did have a friend who was an editor, and they were trying to write, and it was very difficult to read their writing. I found it very difficult. You know, it's interesting because I do both of those things. And yeah. It is a very different exercise. Like, I have to really think about things a lot differently. And, you know, there's multiple kinds of editing too. You know, if I'm, if I'm trying to kind of do line by line editing where I'm editing someone's article or book or something, and I am trying to figure out what's the best, like, I don't understand what the sentence is, so how do we make it more clear? That's a very different thing than reading big picture editing, like trying to think in terms of what a, well, how does this part relate to this part? And then that's a completely different thing from actually doing the writer's side. And I think the best editors and the best writers are people who practice both of those things because yeah. they, you know, they, that are capable of putting their sort of different caps on, so to speak. But you mentioned that, um, okay, you mentioned that you can, you think you can be a good good at grammar without being able to name everything. But then what is the place of uh, of learning specific rules or things like how to diagram sentences or the, or the different things like that? What is the value of that, um, especially enough teaching young children that? I think, well, first of all, I don't know that necessarily young children would fall into the category of kids who need to learn grammar. I don't think... Well, so younger, this person's ages two to nine. So I want to... Yeah, I don't think she needs to worry about grammar, honestly. Nine at nine, you could start like playing with sentences. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it's going to end. Or you can start with the basics of writing. um, You know, a sentence starts with a capital. It ends with proper punctuation. But Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go much beyond that. I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time trying to make the child understand adverbs or adjectives or, or some of the more semicolons or right, right. I would just stick to the things that they actually come across in everyday life that they might be able to hold on to in in their head at this point in time, because um, much of grammar is abstract. And I think it becomes, it's almost like logic. Mm -hmm. It becomes more fun for the student as a puzzle, sort of, um, as they get maybe more towards the middle school years, uh, then then you always want grammar to be short. You always any abstract like, concept, like a lesson, like a, gra- a grammar. Yes, lesson? yes. Okay. You never ever. It, I, I think, and I think it's always more helpful to make it more conversational. Let's talk mm. about this sentence. So, mm. and, uh, yeah. if you think back on Winston Churchill, he failed English, I think, twice. He, anyway, he had to take English in at Eton or one of those college, one of those schools, three times. So I. Um, so he said that um, what that did for him was by the end of his, uh, so he failed English and yet he became a beautiful writer. And he said what he learned was the English sentence. By the time he had taken English three times over again, he had learned the, the English sentence. And I think that's where we need to start. We get way ahead of ourselves sometimes. And all we really need to English sentence. So um, that is why morning time can be such a great time to learn grammar because mm-hmm. you can you can take uh, one sentence a day in morning time as a group and you can just talk about it. 
and you can learn about it from there. If you have, um, everybody knows that um, I always talk about the Michael Clay Thompson materials. They have these practice books called Practice Island, and you can start. It doesn't really matter how old your students are. This is one thing about curriculum um, that I think we always have to keep in mind. I, if I can learn something, I can learn something from a first grade curriculum. So, um, it doesn't, we don't really have to be so worried about, oh, is this for my grade level or is this, where, where is the level that I'm going to come into this curriculum where I'm actually going to learn and not be overwhelmed? And a lot of times that's just backing way up. And I would say with um, Michael Clay Thompson materials, you could just go back and buy the very first practice book, buy the teacher's edition, and just, um, he has, each day he has a sentence and then he kind of gives breaks it down in four different ways. Um, you you say what are the parts of speech of this sentence, um, and, and and you fill that in. And then you um, and then you have what are the um, what is what what's going on in this sentence? Like after the parts of speech, you you're asking yourself, well, what what is this word doing in this sentence? If if Sam is a noun, is it a subject or is it an object? If um, see, is seagulls a subject or an object? We know that our nouns are going to be either subjects or objects. Well, it took me a long time to figure that out just doing this. Oh, every single noun is either a subjective noun or an objective noun. Now, you could have taught me that, and you did. You know, my teachers did try to teach me that over and over again, and I never learned it. But by playing with sentences over and over and over again, those things finally sorted themselves out in my mind. So is, so is what you're describing there, is that the reason why with younger children, the most important thing is to just read them really excellent, excellent writing with, that has examples of good sentences? Is that, yes. Because it creates the foundation for that? Absolutely. And I once, I once went, I, I was talking to a college professor once, and this is before I really got into grammar, but I read a lot. And um, I said, I'm so worried about my kids. They're going to go to college. And they don't know grammar very well, and I don't know what's going to happen. She said, your children are going to be fine. She said, I can tell by speaking with you that you're using proper English for the most part. And that's really the heart and soul of, of knowing good English good English because people are coming into college at this point and as we have a breakdown in language um, they're finding more and more people are not even able to structure their sentences in such a way that um, that would would fit into standard English usage so everybody is pretty much remedial on the college level uh, so speaking well and hearing having heard English spoken well or, or having read it spoken well it is is really um, the, the most important thing. And um, this is anecdotal, purely from my experience. I haven't done any actual research on this. But <laughs> I can tell you that from teaching high schoolers English, the best writers, the, the kids that knew the rules, like there were a lot of kids who from an early age memorized a lot of rules and they were definitely not the best writers. The best writers were the ones that had been read to and read and read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that They were naturally more gifted writers than the students who knew all the rules, which goes back to what we were saying. But I think hopefully that's an anxiety reducer for a lot of people. So let's, as we kind of... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm good. Well, as we... 
<coughs> excuse me, as we kind of think about wrapping this episode up here, let's, I, you, you mentioned a resource just a second ago. So I was wondering if you could restate that resource for our listeners. And then maybe we could go through a couple of other resources that you think um, are valuable. Obviously, we're talking about reading great literature to young children. So in our previous episode, we talked about poetry. So all three of those anthologies will probably help do what we're talking about for the really young children. Um, but as far as specific grammar resources, can you give a couple of things that we could put in the show notes for people to check out? Absolutely. I have, I have several grammar things. And like I said, um, I'm going to name some curriculum uh, curricula. If you use any of this, use it your way. Do not um, look at it as like, oh, this is what we're going to use this year and we're going to get through it this year. It would be much better to go through grammar very slowly than it would be to make it through the curriculum and really have nobody remember anything at all. So, um, um, so make it more experiential than it is about finishing something. Yeah, but you can use this material. The, the Sometimes the, you can take even traditional grammar material and just use it very slowly um, right, or, right. or just slow it way down. And and you can even just read aloud. Uh, I, my first effort before I found the Michael Clay Thompson stuff and that and you can find um, the Michael Clay Thompson stuff at uh, Royal Fireworks Press. Um, and I just like his, I like all his stuff, but I really, really like his, pra his practice books because instead of being traditional diagramming, they really give you an idea that there's more than one thing going on in this sentence. It's, um, there, there's, there are poetic things going on in the sentence. There are, each word has a job and then, and then there are, are there other bigger things going on in the sentence that you can, um, uh, um, look at so he does a great job of doing it that, that maybe um, kind of almost like a pre-diagramming where you start to really mm. get the feel for the yeah, sentence yeah. The, the English sentence and then later you can come back and diagram um, you don't have to diagram but diagramming is a great way to start to it can, if it can be like a just a fun puzzle it doesn't have yeah. to be as stressful like you have to fill out this page this whole page of diagrams. Yes, yeah, some kids are going to like that more than others. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, I, so I, I like to present it like that. Books. Yeah, okay. So um, Blue Sky Daisies, who we had Amy Edwards on here, but uh -huh. they republished some um, old, antique, uh, wonderful grammar books uh, called The Mother Tongue. And what, what they did was wonderful because they did an answer key. A lot of people were using those books, but it was just up to mom whether she was getting the answers correct or not. So Amy uh, Edwards and her friends have come along at Blue Sky Daisies and re republished um, these um, wonderful um, Our Mother Tongue books. Now, these are not the Our Mother Tongue books that um, that Nancy Wilson um, has. Um, these are, these are um, reproductions of old English books, and they include some diagramming. And you can just go through that very, very, very slowly. You can do it as a group, or you can, um, like I said, um, don't, don't um, feel um, that you have to do it um, all in a, a short amount of time. So that's Blue Sky Daisies. The other grammar, um, the other really English resource that I really like is Cottage Cottage Press. Um, Cottage Press Publishing has um, some great books that make. Um, they have a Sentence Sense book, which is is a early diagramming book, and they have. Um, um, books that are more Charlotte Mason in nature. They're, they're, uh, 
they're more Charlotte Mason with a classical bent and they do a lot of the, the pro gym exercises and she, they start out with um, primers and they move on through um, 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 books for older kids. And she puts all of the language arts in like each week you'll have a, a passage you're studying and then you, you might be diagramming sentences. You might be doing some dictation, some copy work, even picture study, all of that in the curriculum. So those are great resources for, um, for Charlotte Mason homeschoolers who want to do. Now, that would be something you might not want to do in morning time, but you might just, if you were looking for a more formal language arts program for your child, then you might want to, want to try that. I, I would be remiss at this point not to mention that if you get, e even as concerning grammar, if you want some, um, good information in a Charlotte Mason style, then you might want, you will want to get uh, Karen Glass's new book, Know and Tell, um, because mm -hmm. it, she covers how we can cover grammar with narration. Um, and, and she does a great job of doing that. So, and that's one um, that we do carry at Source. Yes, yes. And then the final thing is if you just wanted to just diagram a sentence every day on, on a, like a whiteboard, um, there, uh, uh, Eugene Malteau, I, I can't say his name, Malteau, Malteau, M-O-U-T-O-U-X. I don't know enough. M-O-U-T-O-U-X. Yeah, M-O-U-T-O-U-X. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> okay, so Eugene, that great guy. Mutu, Mutu. Mutu. He is Canadian, I think. I'm not sure. But he has um, a wonderful um, called Drawing Sentences, a guide to diagramming. Those are very popular. Um, they were popular amongst the um, my friends when I was um, – and, and that's just a way. If you, if you didn't want to go with the Michael Clay Thompson, if you wanted to go with a more traditional diagramming program, um, that would just give you sentences that you could work on every day in morning time with your child. So, so technically you could – in morning time, you could read aloud from a grammar book you could, at one point in time, maybe not every day for the rest of your children's lives, but maybe one time you could read through a grammar book and just discuss it in very, very short segments. You could um, always be working on um, either diagramming or um, t uh, I don't want to say tearing apart, but uh, looking over an English sentence with the Michael Clay Thompson materials, that, that is a perfect way to cover a lot of grammar with a, just a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you could, oh, you could use um, the child's narrations to see what, um, you know, what they are getting and what they aren't getting and, and use that maybe to help them along the way. You don't necessarily have to take the narration and say, oh, look, you just did this terrible. You don't understand the concept of adverbs or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. You're, you're spelling this wrong. But you can <laughs> use it as an assessment tool for yeah. yourself to say, oh, look, I need to teach my student that a lot is two words and not one. Yeah, it's not, in some ways, it's not about like ch judging your students as much as just helping you understand what you need to focus on. And you'll find that, um, I mean, some kids are just terrible spellers and some are, are great spellers, but you'll find with the narrations that um, a lot of children, even when they're terrible spellers and maybe they have terrible handwriting, are very good writers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you can sort through it's what true. they're actually trying to say. <laughs> That's true. You know, um, 
one final thought that I had that I just was thinking of is you, you kind of caught yourself saying, you know, that di- kind of comparing diagramming or, or whatever with um, tearing apart. Yeah. Yeah. And the metaphors we use for this, I think are interesting because, you know, sort of like when you study literature, it's easy to think of literature analysis or, or, you know, grammar uh, as kind of being a tearing apart, but that, you know, the, there's something about that metaphor that, I mean, you caught yourself using it. So it doesn't seem like it makes you terribly comfortable either, but you know, um, I think grammar, when we kind of teach our students that it's sort of like, it's more about exploring a language. It's, but you, you know, it's something that's meant to be about kind of exploring the beauty of something rather than something that you're trying to tear apart. Yes. That's, you know, just thinking about it in that way, I think is really valuable. And that's one of the reasons why, Lang, uh, language study, I mean, um, like foreign language study is really a valuable part of grammar study. Like if, you, if your kids are studying Latin or, I mean, even Spanish or whatever, but especially Latin, then they're naturally studying, studying grammar. And so with really young kids, I think another thing to do is study Latin or study some language. Because- well, yeah. And I've heard people say, if you're teaching Latin, you really don't need a separate grammar program because it's all, there's going to be an overlap there. And there's certainly, you certainly want to be able to explore the specifics of our language. Um, but, and there are rules that are valuable to know at some point for most people, although not all people. But, lang- but just the nature of language really opens up to you and the ability to explore it really opens up to you when you study a foreign language. So mm-hmm. that's another, that's just a, you know, that metaphor I think is, the, the metaphors we use in our teaching are important. And yeah. And that is why I think I like the Michael Clay Thompson system a little better than just the traditional diagramming, because it actually is looking at the sen- sentence as a whole. It's not just tearing down the parts of speech, speech. It's showing you how the sentence is working. Everything's working together um, to make the meaning of the sentence. Yeah. And when something, when all those things fit together and work together, you know, it comes back to that idea of harmony is like, you can take pleasure in that. Um, it's a, yeah. it's a harmonious, beautiful thing that's worth our kids learning to identify and taking pleasure in. Um, and it makes their reading better. Yes. Yeah. So. And, and it, it's just, it's a helpful tool. Um, my, my older boys did not grow up with a good grasp of grammar because I didn't get around to it. Um, and now before. they're jumping out of airplanes. Yes. So, um, but they're, um, my second son is such a storyteller and, um, he, he's a wonderful, um, I'm sure writer uh, when he, he used to be a wonderful writer and I'm, he, I'm sure he doesn't sit around writing now, but um, he just definitely has the gift of looking at life through that lens. And, um, and, 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 and so, so, I, and I said this about my two middle sons, they, they both got to college and they had a very strict English teacher, but but they quickly, quickly were able to adapt to that. And um, what they could do, that the other kids were still struggling with is they could take what they were thinking and put it down on a piece of paper. And that was much more uh, um, what they needed for college than to know, you know, intimate details of grammar. I happen to find intimate details. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I love it now, but I'm, you know, I'm older and it's taken me a while to get to that point. And maybe, maybe that's another one of our problems is, you know, education is a life um, you know, yeah. grammar is really a lifelong pursuit. Yeah, you're, we expect we do it for like two years when they're in fourth and fifth grade, and expect well, you should know everything now. Right, exactly. Yeah, and 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 you know, it just doesn't work that way. 
Well, um, I think that's a good place to end. Um, okay. Thank you. So we've got some resources here. I'm going to summarize those for people as well. Since just, just so people, if they were driving or something, they can write it down. Because um, presumably now at the end of the show, they've stopped driving. I don't know why I said <laughs> that. But either way, um, Michael Clay Thompson's practice books, the uh, Our Mother Tongue books from Blue Sky Daisies. You said Sentence Sense from Cottage Press Publishing, uh, Karen Glass's No and Tell, and Eugene Muto's, whatever his name, <laughs> Eugene's Drawing Sentences. Is that, is that what that one was called? Yeah, yeah. It was, yes, it was. And then it was drawing sentences. I'll just reiterate that I think there's a you know a lot of the um, the really good Latin programs out there are naturally going to you mm-hmm. know almost any Latin program is with is going to teach you the same kind of grammar that's valuable for for future study of English you know so I'm just going to reiterate that out there as well. Yeah, and it kind of works back and forth. Like all of a sudden in, in Latin, maybe you're learning that this is a verb and it acts a different way than the noun it you know you 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 do something different with it than you do with the noun and then suddenly you need to make sure you understand what a verb is and what a noun is um, what an adverb is and, and, yeah, and what yeah. especially what a subject and an object is yeah and you know you also learn Are. what they mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> Yeah, never if you never do a podcast on grammar when you have to talk. No, it's really like. awkward. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh. All right. Well, mercifully, we'll just say this one's over then. Um, yes. Thank you for for uh, bringing some of your wisdom and experience to this question. Um, hopefully, that was helpful for anyone who's had questions about grammar in morning time. Um, to hear more from Cindy, you can head over to the Mason Jar Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Mason Jar. And you can find Cindy reading and commenting on Charlotte Mason's books themselves in short five to 15 minute little episodes. So we got a couple more of those coming up over the next few weeks. So if you are a Patreon supporter, you can have access to that. Um, if you are not a Patreon supporter and you would like access to that, then please consider heading over to that page. Again, that's patreon.com slash Mason Jar. And um, there's lots of great resources there and some, some Mason Jar swag as well, posters and so forth. Um, all right. So that's it, Cindy. Any final thoughts? No, I think that's great. I hope I hope that's helpful to people. I think it, I think it will be. I think it was even helpful. It was helpful for me just to even just think about some of this stuff every now and then. It reminds me that I need to go do some uh, remedial, some refresh work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure um, you get that when you're editing. <laughs> yeah, I do. But that's true. Now you, that makes me feel better about myself now. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, for Cindy Rollins and for all of us here at the Cersei Institute, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on The Messenger. Jar.